on Van Dyke Parks. And I, uh, how, what, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> Sorry, um, you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. I'm Van Dyke Parks, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. We're here in the studio, tempting fate. Putting questions to the songs which we randomly select with the help from our friends now it's time for radio a ball give us a shake radio a ball give us a shake it's time for the radio a ball show Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out here in the graveyard-adjacent basement studio of our good friend Skylar with our musical guest, Laura Jean Anderson. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey. And now we're joined, we have the return to Radio 8 Ball of one of our most recent favorite guests, Bobby Halverson of the band Brother Sister. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball. Thanks so much. Good evening. Good evening. And if there are any thanks to be given, the thanks need to go from me to you. Because when you suggested this artist for our show, I expected her to be good. Because I, I trust you to be very persnickety in your music tastes in the best possible way. <laughs> But I was not prepared. That's as it is with so many, with with great performers. You think they're good, and you hear the recording that sounds nice, and then you go into the room and you see them, and you're just blown away. I saw her perform last night, and the whole time I was just sitting there thinking, "Oh, thank you, Bobby. God, I feel so yep. lucky. So thank you for for turning us on to to this artist. Really wonderful." Well, I'm happy to do it. I mean, every live performance I've seen Laura give is jaw-dropping so i i understand the feeling <laughs> and i did not know this when you recommended her but she was the uh the sis the sister and brother sister at one point is that correct yeah originally yeah yeah oh gee and i remember when we were setting up the brother sister show which people should check out that podcast it was a wonderful uh crazy session in a studio we weren't used to with, I think you have like a hundred musicians in your band and it was 200 degrees and <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, but it was, it was wonderful. But, um, I, but at the time you had mentioned that you wanted to have someone who had been in, in the, in the original version of the band on as a guest. And I guess it didn't work out. And now I just found out that this is her. So. Yep. Exactly. What, how did you all, how did you connect initially? So I met, we met at uh, Cal Arts where we went to school. Um, I was a grad student at the time and Laura came in as this tiny little freshman and uh, <clears throat> they used to host these concerts in the middle of the day um, where they would open up the main gallery of Cal Arts and people would perform, students would perform. 
And I saw her at 18 years old just blow everybody away and instantly, you know, latched onto her and says, you know, I have to work with you. I want to, I really want to sing with you. Let's figure something out. And so, and then from then on, we started working together and became fast friends and uh, shared a, you know, mutual interest in songwriting and harmonizing and the rest is history. And what did you what do you remember about that meeting, Laura Jean? Oh man, uh, I played the show, and then this creepy old guy came up and was like, "I want to play with you." Like, what? No, I mean, I think especially I don't even think it was an, an age thing or anything. I just remember being really honored to play with Bobby. I was, you know, came from Olympia like straight to Cal Arts and was just floored and amazed by Bobby. So I was always really honored. Um, and excited and took it very seriously. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's been so cool. We, you know, we played together for years and Daniel also called in. So I was going to, I was saying earlier that uh, Bobby introduced me to, to Daniel. And so Bobby, me and Daniel worked on that project for a while. And the still Joe Mama now, Jones. Yeah. And uh, it's just cool to be like in a, such a community. I feel like, you know, I I view Bobby as like family, so it's I feel like it's never it's gonna continue to ref our our collaboration and and music making is gonna is gonna mold and form in in many forms throughout our lives. Right. So, I mean, I guess that's I mean that is really isn't that's probably the main thing you get out of going to an art school. Mm-hmm. Like the degree isn't going to necessarily help you <laughs> in the arts unless you want to teach. Mm-hmm. And you could say that the skills you learn in an art school, unless there's a particular teacher, are probably skills you could learn out in the world from doing it. But finding sure. the community of other pe- like that community of all these talented people who are all devoting themselves to their art in that way and developing those relationships. That seems like that would probably be the biggest thing that you get out of an arts education, right? I I would definitely agree with that 100%. I mean, it's that's uh I mean, I I I can totally imagine that story like you say, like you're from you're from Olympia, I'm from Olympia and being and I moved out to LA when I was when I was 18. I didn't go to art school. I just went and started being trying to be a professional crazy you know musician and actor and all this other stuff but that feeling of being fresh and then all of a sudden being surrounded by all these talented people who are just have their foot in a little bit more is such an exciting thing and also isn't it fun when nobody knows you and that feeling of like all i have to do is not suck and people are going to be so excited that oh three minutes of not having to feel embarrassed for this person you know and then you raise the sta- the standards then you have to actually be good but that feeling of going out to an audience that you're like oh you're gonna this is gonna be great because <laughs> i'm not gonna suck well, and one one thing i want to remind laura of is that the song that she played <laughs> that day in the main gallery was called seaweed scramble <laughs> seaweed scramble seaweed scramble and she was barefoot and was yep playing that song called Seaweed Scramble. What is that song? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Olympia. 
Yeah. That's what that, yeah. I, I tried so hard to just hold on to these Olympia roots. Just yeah, I have, couldn't shed them. Everyone loves the sea the seaweed scramble at Darby's. <laughs> no, no, not Darby's anymore. The new moon, the new moon the new cafe. Moon. Um Well, uh well Bob Bobby, what uh what is your question for the Pop Oracle? All right, well hopefully it hasn't been asked yet, but um I think like most <clears throat> most rational people, I'm a little bit paranoid about the uh, climate crisis going on. And uh, I want to ask the Oracle uh, how that's all going to turn out. Are we going to are we going to survive this? Are we going to figure it out or, you know, what's what is our fate? So a light question that no one can relate to. No, a heavy question we can all relate to. Will we figure out? And uh, and turn this climate crisis around, or perish in the not doing. Okay, well yeah. there are two songs left on the board. They are <clears throat> song number five, call it what it is, and song number seven, lonesome. And we are moving on right. to the binary oracular divination tool. You remember it, Bobby, the Radio 8 coin. And so mm-hmm. you're going to flip it, and if it lands on heads, it is going to be song number five, call it what it is. And if it lands on tails, it's going to be song number seven, lonesome. And now, to engage the pop oracle and find out if we're going to survive, survive this climate crisis, I am now going to flip... The Radio 8 coin. And it's heads. Sounds like this is a, I think this is a more positive answer than lonesome. Call it what it is. All righty. When I'm You see me walking forward When I'm good Catch me falling backwards Is there room to say sorry anyway When I'm wrong Worshipped in my madness I'm feeling even more sick But I'm old enough to say I was fooled But I'm young enough to say
That was Call It What It Is from Laura Jean Anderson, the answer to Bobby Halverson's question, will we get our shit together and deal with this climate change situation, call it what it is, or not? So, um, Laura Jean, you want to tell us a little bit about the background of that song? Yeah. Um, This song... so I, I played a song earlier called Silence Won't Help Me Now that both these songs kind of came at a very similar time, but one was from a more positive outlook. And this one is just really feeling that feeling of frustration of when I feel like I'm doing something right, I, I'm told I am wrong. When I feel like I'm not my best, I'm being praised. This kind of you're... I think about this a lot with with women. It's like you're either, you know, you're either a prude or you're a slut or something. There's no in between. Like you're either, there's no winning in in a sense. And if you feel like you've just, you you work and you work and you work and you grind and you try to be the best person that you can. And at the end of the day, nothing is, you're too this way or too that way. And no one can accept whatever the gray area is and no one can accept whatever's in the middle and no one can accept this uh nuance of life and so I wrote this song that's just it's out of pure feeling and frustration it's not really even of uh a solution in a way it's just fuck I feel so defeated and so if that's the case call it what it is because I'm 
I'm I've paid my dues and I'm I'm going to live the way I'm going to live. Right, right. So, Bobby, are you had you heard this song before? Oh yes, many times. I love it. Okay, so then you you're in a, probably in a good place to give some insight. What did you think about that as the answer to your question? I mean, I think you kind of said it a moment ago, but um, you know, it's obviously, like I said to any rational person, absurd to deny the reality of the climate crisis at the moment. And most people are, you know, for lack of a better term, pussyfooting around it. And, you know, because of big money interest, they're ignoring this very catastrophic event that's, you know, closing in on us. And so what needs to be done is people need to call it what it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's sort of the, the parallel I see with that, where it's like, um, you have all these people who are saying, well, I'm not a scientist, so I'm not an expert and I I can't speak to this, even though, you know, 97% of scientists are saying, yes, this won't. I mean, shit, 100 percent, if you yeah. if you're realistic at this point are saying it's a problem and people are still denying it because, you know, of I, who knows, you know, money, probably. Um, but, yeah, so it, it it makes sense to me. And I can I share in Laura's frustration, you know, in trying to, you know, shake these people by the head and be like, wake the fuck up, you know. Um, this isn't about you. This isn't about your ego. This is about humankind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, yeah, so I, I definitely <clears throat> see a parallel there. And I think, uh, yeah, this song is in some ways a command to wake up. Yeah, call it what it is. And, Cut with the, with the yeah, cognitive exactly. dissonance and the, the gaslighting and the, the head trips. Right. That, that, I'm, yeah, I think that's... I think that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a perfect reflection of the situation, mm-hmm. which is imperfect. Right, and I think as soon as as soon as the world collectively is honest about what's happening, you know, then that's really the only way we're going to start moving toward a fix. Is mm-hmm. once we call it what it is, and collectively, globally, find a solution, not you know, nationally or, um, you know some business or you know elon musk is not going to solve the problem the world has to solve the problem right although at the same time it's like they say that the impact of of all of the people's all the people in the world their personal carbon footprint is of some tiny percentage and the and the biggest polluters are the captains of industry you know like exxons on the the mm the right. airlines and things. So it, it really, in a way, if 90% of the people change their way of doing things, but those 10% or even maybe a smaller percent than that continued polluting, it wouldn't solve it. it need, you actually do need the major, you need the Elon Musks to change their way. No, maybe not Elon Musk, but people who are in that stratosphere to change their behavior because if we all recycle right. and start driving electric cars, it's not going to do the trick. We need whole economies right. well, to change, what, right? What I mean, what I mean is no no individual or or group, singular group is going to you know, acknowledge and fix this problem. It has to be a global 
literally global consensus where everyone is on the same page understanding where like if there were such a thing as global politics this would be the point to come together um because we still have our fucking moron of a president in in deep denial but at the same time i i feel to me the greatest frustration is with the people who are who claim to believe in climate science and then we'll still say, but how are, how are we going to pay for a Green New Deal? It's like, right. I, with, with everything we have, that's why we're going to pay with, <laughs> for a Green New Deal. You know, like, how right. are we going to pay for it? Like, you have Democrats who are saying, yeah, but how are we going to pay for it? I was yeah, like, well, think about yeah. all those other things you're spending the money on. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so that's, yeah. the, to me, that's, and that has sort of been a theme that's also been here is like, that these, the really core problems aren't. Republican or Democrat, that whoever's in charge, whoever, whichever party claims to, you know, claims leadership, they're both they're both uh, complicit on the base level. We were talking about immigration earlier and how whoever's right. in charge, immigration policy is pretty brutal, and it's right. it it has a different flavors of brutality, and it's the same thing with I think with climate change denial. There are people who say climate change doesn't exist, and then on the left, on the what we call the left people saying, well, yes, it exists, but we, we don't have the, we can't do anything about it. And right. 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 And while, it, while all these people who actually have to live into that future are saying, well, I, yes, we can do something about it. We have to do something. Right. about it." And it's so frustrating because a lot of the science, like a lot of the, the science is there. Like a lot of the solutions are actually like, we have a lot of yeah. options and a lot of solutions is just a matter of like, over like it's just these big it's all of these giant companies all these giant corporations and globally just not having it be a priority at all just making that be the priority instead of like we have the solution that's what's yeah. so frustrating is like we have we have the so technology. technology we can rebuild him yeah uh so right. I, and i wanted to this is off topic but i there was something that laura jean said and i wanted to sort of bounce it off of you, Bobby, and see if you have a similar reaction. When she was saying that for women, you're either, there's this thing of like, you're either a prude or you're a slut. And I feel like for guys, there's a similar thing of like, you're either a creep or you're kind of a lo- sort of like, not a loser, but you're like the nice guy who nobody, like who, no, who is like, who is, who is sort of, I don't, I don't like to, there's a, there's a term that's going on that I, the round that I, refuse to use it starts with c and ends with k yeah i don't like that term i think it's it's like one of the most uh toxic words that you can use so i'm not going to use it but there is this idea of like you're either a creep guy i guess then there's like in the middle of that and maybe for women is like you're just the perfect person there's like this perfect ideal (laughs) that's somewhere in between the two but most of us are one are walking around wondering does the world see me as a creep or does the world see me as a loser I mean, sure. I mean, not to get like well, I, crazy feminist on you, but <laughs> well, no. That's why. That's why I was kind of. That's why I wanted to ask Bobby. Do you like? Am I just being? Is that just me, or do you feel like there is a similar judgment duality that you feel like you have to navigate? Do you feel like you have to navigate that divide? Um, I don't think so. I I would say I don't really agree. Um, I think that the female experience is vastly different and it's you know 
the shit that women have to deal with and the roots of what they have to deal with goes back way, way farther. And like, I think, you know, for men, you know, in a, in sort of the me too climate, I suppose this is maybe the first time in history we've ever been checked on our behavior. Oh, you didn't grow up in Olympia. And, I've been getting checked. I was thinking about it. The first time I was called a male chauvinist pig was when I was like, it's like my earliest memory is being a three-year-old and <laughs> being called a male chauvinist pig. So, <laughs> so some of us growing up here, we've been navigating this divide of a long time. Keep sure. Going. No, I, I just, I think it's a lot more complex than, um, than the way it was laid out. I think, uh, well, I think, I think basically across gender lines, everyone's trying to figure it out. So even though, you know, men are kind of, I suppose, more on guard than they were. I mean, women are also still figuring out what they're going to dictate as their own boundaries. Um, and sometimes they get it wrong. You know, sometimes a woman perceives the guy to be a creep because she's looking for that. I think most of the time, most people are rational and will understand. But I, I don't think men necessarily get pigeonholed into one or the other. I mm-hmm. think um, I think that uh, most rational people can pick up on if a like most rational women can pick up on if a guy is trying to get in their pants or if a guy is actually trying to get to know them. Um, and so I, I I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's a as Laura was saying in the song, there's a, you know, a gray area. Um, and I also think, and, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I sort of interrupted there, but did Bobby say what you sort of what you were going to say or sort of, I mean, yes, definitely. I mean, I definitely agree with Bobby. I think, you know, I think, and I always bring this up and it's kind of a heavy thing, but a lot of men are, and this, this is not just a, a gender thing. This is like exist in, in race and it exists in sexual orientation. It's it's this idea of people freaking out like, oh, no, I'm being checked. Like, oh, I'm being called a loser because I'm a guy. And it's like, here's what the reality is. Like, you're feeling a little bit of what women feel 24-7. Women are in fear of being sexually assaulted 24-7. So, like, that's... Well, not only, not <laughs> only assault, but as you were saying in your song, women are under constant scrutiny over the way they look over the way they act over you know who what kind of man they're interested in or Mm -hmm. what kind of woman they're interested in women are constantly on guard whereas men can just walk through the world without a single worry you know most of the time until until now until now and a big thing i think about it is like being like a sexually empowered person like i was a, a teen talking about comprehensive sex education like i grew up mormon like it's a weird weird dichotomy there and for me like I think about all of my guy friends who like would sleep with girls and be like they'd be like oh yeah I went home with blah 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 and I went home and they would just get like a pat on the back and like a high five like oh like think about like high school talk like oh yeah man like you slept with her and then girls would go do that and be like oh that slut she slept with both like that's just like culture and that still exists oh yeah like that that's been and that's what i mean by like the prude versus slut thing is there's no men get praised for being sexually active and women 
get yep. slut shamed for being sexually again. Active. I that is Exi- that perfect is, point. That definitely is the cultural story, but that is not my experience. Absolutely, and my everybody... experience is that there's a lot of judging that goes on from all sides against everyone especially going back to high school, like everyone in high school feels judged. And again, this is not to like, I, I, this is not at all to like downplay the genuine threat factor of violence and predation that is that women have to deal with. That's, that's, to me, that is like, that's, that is the main, that that's the main story, right? But then there's this other thing of just like everyone walking through the world, like your song, Who Am I to You? Mm-hmm. Everyone is sort of walking around like from my standpoint, it's not the same at all. But if every woman is wa- walking around pr- protecting herself from being sexually assaulted, I find myself walking through the world wanting to do everything I can to not be perceived as that, even coming from a hundred mi- you know, from from a hundred yards away. Like, Which how I do I walk? Right? How do I? What I do I say? You know, and that. I think that's a. Oh, go on. I think that's a pretty unique experience. Um, yeah, raised, I, raised I by some... feminist guys. I mean that, but I think there is. I think that is not entirely unique. I mean, there's the '60s happened. There are a lot of feminist moms who like. How did you get to be you, Bobby? You're not like. But the thing, but right? what what it, what it, what that implies is that women are acting irrationally, and no. therefore we have. To... No, not well, at no, all. No, that's. I'm just. I'm yeah. just saying this. It it can have that impl- implication. Whereas for me, I'm a person who doesn't i mean i'm sure i've said some shit in the past that's reprehensible but you know i know that my behavior and the things i say and the way i treat women is not inappropriate so if someone were to approach me and call me out on it i wouldn't be afraid of it i would just be like well i you know you're wrong whereas and plus i'm not in a position of power you know so it's if someone does call me out and let's say everyone believes it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You know, I'm just go back to living my life. And, but Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's, it's, it's different. It's unique to each person, I think. Um, And I, I, what, what it suggests is that, you know, women are ultra vigilant in this moment and therefore are somewhat irrationally calling men out on their behavior, which I don't think is the case. No, not at all. No, I, it's more that I just feel like we're in a, we're in a, in this, and maybe this brings us back to the, out of this cul-de-sac and towards the larger question, which is that we are just in a time of massive complexity, massive complexity yes. on every level. We're talking about an existential crisis that is going well, on in the climate. Then we're also talking about an existential crisis that's been going on for millennia that half of the population hasn't been empowered to talk about and the other half hasn't been empowered to listen to or care about. And I mean empowered right. in that, well, like, that, it, that we're, we're... Men have a weaker existence because of what we have... Because of the privilege, quote, that we've had because we've missed out on a pu- half of humanity. We've missed out on half of the stories. We've missed out on being on being able to have access to our own our own feminine natures because we've been trying because we half the conversation just hasn't been there i mean we're in this right. level of complexity when it comes to communication where we have access to so much more information than any other generation has ever had and we're having to try and assimilate all of it in the midst of well, times of crisis like this it's 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 a lot it's a lot to take on and when you say call it what I, it is what is it? I, I think what it really, I think what it really comes down to is connection, 
And when people feel like they're not connecting with a group or with someone and, you know, we're all just trying to connect with people. We're all, we're all trying to figure out how to be happy. And most of us don't really know how to do that. And we're basically trying to figure it out as we go. And, you know, like um, with, with, people who are members of like incel communities, even members of, you know, alt-right and ISIS, all these people are struggling to find connection within a community. And therefore they turn to these sort of quote unquote, the dark side of whatever culture they exist in. Um, and it's that, it's that failure to communicate with one another. And another, one of the other issues is, is the sort of um, mirage of, of connection that we get through social media, which is not real connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so people, people see, see things on the internet. They see people dating, they see people, you know, doing all these things. They're like, okay, well, why isn't this happening for me? Mm-hmm. And their, and their re their reaction to that is often something that's pretty ugly Yeah, because they're frustrated, they're sad, and they're all they really want <laughs> is to be able to, you know, connect with another human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think kind of to piggyback on that and what we were talking before is this idea of, I think a lot about like what my ideal world is and what, like when I think about a dis- like decisions about things and what my ideal version would be versus like where the world is at and that balance between what you have to compromise and what you don't. And, and for instance, if I always bring this up, so Beyonce, for instance, love Beyonce. She did this whole like feminist thing a few years ago that was like super cheesy and whatever. And people kind of, a lot of like really intense feminists like gave her a bunch of shit about it. Sure, in a perfect feminist world, I agree with that. But on another level, how cool is it that Beyonce, queen, (laughs) is bringing that word feminism that has never been brought to so many people in America? Like, it's this idea of, of, okay, where are we really at? And, And where are, and where does our ideal and when you brought up like oh like i that wasn't my experience that wasn't your experience but the majority of men and boys that grow up that is not their experience and so we have to live in a world it's like this whole crazy thing when when like white people are going like well what is black lives matter like don't i matter and you're saying (laughs) oh my god like do we have to talk it's like you have mad like the world has told you you've mattered forever right and now you're like crying because the first time in your life you're like you're being told that you're not that you know other people matter and it's like so that's what i always like bring back to is like look at where what history is and where where we are now and sometimes we have to shift like in my ideal world when i think about like men and women i don't think about inequality i think about men and women being equal and therefore people are judged based on their actions and their people that is not our world right now so we have to shift and we have to like let we have to have these really extremes to balance it all out that's why we had to have Riot Girl, like in yeah. the you know that was like such a big thing, like bra burning and like men hating all that shit. Like we needed that to like kind of get that out of the system. Well, 
and go to and as someone like who rant well, rant and maybe this you could speak to this and this we're going a little long on this one but we're if you're okay if you're okay with that mm-hmm. then we can uh i always think about this so i you're from olympia mm-hmm. and to me i feel like right like what's happening in america with me too it's like riot girl was that like mm-hmm. basically everything that olympia's had to go through since riot girl is what america's going to have to go through starting last year yeah basically i can see that and i just have this that's what and and that's what i'm talking to i have this sense that and maybe it's in in some of your songs like you're saying there's this sense of like if you figured it out but the whole world is still behind the behind that curve and how do you navigate navigate knowing how things should be and how do we and, and the world isn't go, isn't agreeing with you mm-hmm. and how do we get yeah. there because it's so obvious yeah we're gonna get there right. you can't like you can deny climate change all you want eventually you'll be denying it underwater mm-hmm. right it's yeah the the sort of trajectory is inexorable i mean what what is going to happen is going to happen mm-hmm. whether whether republicans or <laughs> like it or not you know like the world the world's going to continue changing and people are going to keep pushing. And the more, the more we're exposed to one another's cultures, you know, through the internet, whatever, the more understanding and empathy we have for one another. And the more, you know, that change is just going to naturally occur. Um, But this is, we're, we're at a really weird snapshot in the evolution of humankind Mm -hmm. where it's, where it's, it's growing pains central right now. Like we're, basically everyone's being puberty (laughs) well yeah every everyone's getting getting slapped on the wrist and that's i think that's what that speaks to your experience on draws when you're saying you know you're you're trying to be sure not to do anything that could possibly be construed as you know toxic masculinity and that's part of it i mean that's that's part of the growing pains and we're just in that moment right now where it's super fresh and um Basically, yeah, that's a good question. You know, we live in sort of a bubble, I can say, you know, being on the West Coast and in metropolitan areas where most people think like us. But where do you extend your reach and how and how do you wash people's minds of whatever, you know, whatever's been tattooed on them? Yeah. And if it weren't for this climate change thing, we'd have time to figure it out. But the the clock is that's the thing I feel like is very different. I feel like all these other things are society has gone through all of these time and time again of like uh, there's a population we haven't heard. And now we're listening to them. And now they have purchase in commu- in the world. And there are, you know, that we and there's time for that to happen. We don't have time yeah, on, the, we're in- on the question that you asked. There is a very specific clock, and we don't. In a, it, and that's why I think it's a really great question because we do need to get smart. We need to get smarter than we are, faster than in less in in less time than we have. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it's an impossible. Yeah. If you were writing it in a movie, it's like they're never going to make it. But we well, have to make it. The funny thing is, it's not even smarter than we. Are. Like everyone knows the reality. In honesty, like I even think climate change deniers know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I they have a vested. They, I think they do, you know, and it's they have some sort of money interest that is keeping their mouth shut. But um, I think it's in more than getting smart. It's 
calling it what it is. Everybody needs to do that. Everyone collectively needs to do that. And we need to move. We don't need to spend $5 billion on a fucking border wall. We need to spend that, you know, like that's, we need to shift gears entirely from everything else in the, whatever we think is important into focusing on this specifically. Yeah. It has, and it has to happen immediately. Green new deal. AOC. Yep. Let's do it. Yep. <laughs> you you can't board. see it, but Laura Jean is for fists are flying. Fists are flying. She's punching the air. <laughs> Say AOC. Oh, burn it. some bras <laughs> in the street of Olympia, Washington. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, did, do you feel like, well, so coming back to, just really quickly, coming back to Olympia, do you feel like Olympia, like, do you feel when a difference, when you come to Olympia or when you're in L.A., do you feel like Olympia is a sexist town or do you feel like Olympia hmm. has learned its lesson and you walk around in Olympia feeling less under, like, more like you've got, like, Olympia's gotten over the hump in that area than any place else? Or do you feel like you're still dealing with it every day here? I mean, I have a really unique experience because my, I grew up in Olympia, but my whole community was conservative Mormons. Right. So my, it's ve- I have like a very in- different experience with that, but um, I always felt and was really happy that, especially climate change and like feminism, all these things like Olympia has been the community of Olympia and like the downtown community and like going to see shows as a kid, like all of that growing up and then coming back is, it has... I always feel like Olympia is, they're on to something. You know, they've, they're kind of like one step ahead. I mean, L.A. also, it's like L.A. has the same thing. But I, I also think it's just person to person. Like, I right. don't think it's like necessarily right. like all of Olympia or all of L.A. Or I think that, or there's like a one way that you feel that or see that. I I do think like I I feel sexism every day wherever yeah, I am. of course. Um, and, but, you know, I think that Olympia has well, been really great about holding safer spaces for different the conversation spaces. is at the a, conversation, different, a different yeah. level. Yeah. Got it. One, one thing I've noticed, and this is like, I, I'm not in any way making an effort to speak for women. I'm just saying this is my experience. So I traveled to New York over Thanksgiving break and obviously I live in LA and it's been there for a while. But something I've noticed about metropolitan areas and specifically ones that are sort of, I suppose, housed in liberal bubbles. So New York gets this a lot of shit about being, you know, people being rude and cold. And when I was in New York over Thanksgiving, everyone was sugar sweet. And totally. the same the same thing is the same thing's happening in LA. And I, I was almost confused by it. I was I it was uh, it was unfamiliar and I've mm-hmm. I've noticed that generally speaking people are treating each other more kindly and with more compassion in these areas. And I, I haven't really been out to other areas to, to say the same, you know, but where it, it seems like there is a shift that's happening and sure it may be glacial at the moment, but something is shifting. And I don't know if that is also translating to what, women's experiences are like but it's certainly for me just as a person walking through the world people are treating each other better and i am seeing it and it's really encouraging 
Um, and so I don't know if I, I heard Laura sort of agreeing, but I wonder what, yeah, what, what you guys think if you've noticed that. Well, people are probably just hearing your music, Bobby, and they're recognizing you mm. from all these videos you post. And they're like, There's, <laughs> that's that guy with the great voice who does all those. Boy, I wish that. Like the Stevie Wonder songs, yeah, just, just you're just you're just blowing. Up. Brother, sister is blowing up. That's what's happening. You're having fame experience. People are nicer to you right. when they're famous, when... boy. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's maybe it's not. I don't know. I did notice that when I was in New York, particularly where uh, everybody was like helping each other. So uh, it was insane. I like I didn't even say anything. I I my phone had died and I was looking at a map and it was like midnight. Just looking at it, not asking for help. Someone comes right up to me. Where you need to go? There. Get on that bus. Go there. Done. And I was like, people don't do that everywhere. Like that. There is this particular. You know where they don't do that? In Olympia. In Olympia. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But you can just walk anywhere. You, you know? for, for a place that is so, quote, woke, Olympia is the meanest town <laughs> I've ever. It's like Olympia people are not nice. Oh. Yeah. Because we know how bad things are, and we're cranky. We're cranky. Anyway, uh, well, Bobby. Uh, so for for listeners, I'm going to put links. Go check out our the the brother sister episode with Bobby and his crew. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that evolves. And I really appreciate your coming in and making time to be on the show. Yeah, of course. That was a great discussion. Yeah. Thanks, Chugs. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Ball Show.